Welcome to the podcast Studio Stein, Inspiring Leadership. I learned in my life the importance of being inspired by others and to be surrounded by people who bring you new insights and perspectives. That is the way to grow as a leader and human being in challenging and changing times. In this podcast series, I bring you the latest innovations on personal development and leadership told from business managers, CEOs, spiritual leaders, and people who live their true story. So I am your host, Stein Stas, executive coach and absolutely addicted to podcast making. Today, my guest is Henning Jensen, and I met Henning this summer while spending my holidays in Denmark. Our friend in common, Christian Shimani, took us for a lunch in Christiania, a beautiful free space community in Copenhagen. We had beautiful conversations about life and realizing the life you want to live. Welcome, uh, Henning, to this uh, to this podcast. Very happy to have you here. Thank you so and, much. And thank yeah, you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, it was an honor to, to to meet you in Copenhagen. And if I may, I would like to introduce you a little bit to the to the audience, uh, because Henning is a very experienced electrical engineer and enterprise architect, working for major companies in Denmark. And recently, he wrote a bestseller book, "You Create Your Life." Quantum Physics Explains How. He gives lectures for international companies over Europe on how quantum physics can change not only your life, but a complete company. And the, these seminars are often attended by more than 500 people. So food for thought for all leaders, CEOs, managers, and all of us. In his work, he combines his passion for IT technology with his love of people and relations. In this podcast, you will learn in a very straightforward language what quantum physics is about. Henning will clarify the work of Einstein, Bohr, and others in a very understandable way. He explains why the way we think is crucial to our lives and how emotions and feelings can support us in our daily life. We dive into the topic of self-love and how you can help others when you love yourself first. I would like to start with the last one because that is a topic that is very close to my heart. But first, Henning, how does one become uh, an electrical engineer? Do you where do you come from? What is your background? And then coming into quantum physics and talking about love, can you share us a little bit about your background story? Yes, certainly. So I I grew up with a, a sister and two brothers, so we were four all together. And my dad was an electrician, so they had a quite a big company installing all kinds of electricity, you know, in factories and then at home, in different in in the people's homes, right? So, mm-hmm. so I was I was brought up with technical stuff around me, and you know, early on I was interested in finding out, you know, how does things actually work? So I was looking into all these different technologies that I was introduced to through my childhood. So when growing up, one of my brothers said, well, you've got to be an engineer because then you can take on any job. So I, I started, you know, uh, as a student on, on the technical university in Copenhagen and I, I became a electrical engineer. So mm-hmm. and then I started working, you know, and I was sitting in front of the screen and doing program programming and so forth. But then I found out, well, is this really what I want to do? Because I, I really enjoy 
being with people and relations and so forth. But then later on in life, when I was around 30, you know, I thought I I came to uh, the understanding that my technical background actually helped me understand how we do relations and how does relations uh, actually work, you know. And that's when I then I was really happy that I studied electrical engineering because that gave me a good platform for going into quantum physics. Do you remember that moment that you said that you realized like, whoa, here is this point of connecting my technical background and I can use it in, in a more humanly way or to, to, to study the human brain and, and how humans function? Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I, I remember that moment, you know, because I I realized, you know, there's a good point in, in becoming an electrical engineer based on what I really wanted to do. And that's, you know, getting to understand how we live our lives and how we create relations and how much these relations actually mean to us. Mm. So, and, yeah. yeah, so quantum physics is actually the best model we have of the world we're living in. So it, it tells us that everything is energy. So everything is mm. energy. That means that even the table I'm standing at here is just energy in motions. Mm. So it's actually like, if you think about the American prairie, if you drive over there and you see a tornado, you won't go to, towards it because you know you're going to be whirled around, right? You you can't go through it. You cannot penetrate it. Penetrate it. So if you think about everything is built up of atoms, and these atoms are actually these vortexes, these vortices that that spiral, right? So it's like a tornado. So everything is built of these tornadoes. Now, if you think of tornado would go through a, a clean room, you wouldn't be able to see it, but you wouldn't be able to penetrate it, right? The only reason that we can see a tornado out on the American prairie is because it takes up dust, you know, and becomes, you can see it with your naked eye. But when you think about it, you can't penetrate a table because it's these uh, tornadoes of energy that is uh, spinning. So even though it, it feels like like solid material, there's no such thing as solid material. There's only energy in, in, in motion. So... As you describe, um, everything is energy, goes back to what Einstein once said, but you also studied other models of, of Newton and you go in, in one of your chapters of your book, you go way, way back in time and you describe the connection between the body, soul and time. Can you explain a little bit where we come from and why you think or believe that the quantum physics model that, that you use uh, to explain relations, how everything grows, where, uh, why that is the best model? Yeah, the thing is, you know, going back in history, we, we can say that Newton, he he actually, so I said Newton, he he laid the foundations for modern physics, right? Mm -hmm. So, but that's what we call classical physics today. And he had, you know, he, he found out about gravitation and so forth, so the gravitational force. And a lot of things he did was great. But the only thing he knew that was something that he couldn't describe, that he didn't understand, but his calculations were correct. So now we know that things actually are a little different than we expected back then. Because now we know that the way we actually bent time and space is how things act. So so the, the Earth is circulating the, the, the sun, right? But mm -hmm. it's not a force between them. It's because the sun is actually making a curvature in space-time 
And that's why we end up with the, the Earth spinning the sun. And similarly, the moon is spinning around the, the, um, the Earth. So the, the quantum physics has given us another view on how things work as they do. And I think that's very interesting. So we can, what do we do with the theories of Newton as a cause-effect uh, relationship between something happens and then uh, there is a consequence? Yeah, I think he, you know, he was right about how how there is a consequence on what we do. Because, but the thing is, we can we can have a better understanding of it when we know that it's all energy. Because what happens is that the, there's a vibration all over. So, so I have in in my book uh, this picture from the European Space Agency, and they draw this like a like a like a net of energy, right? Yeah. So when you think the reason it's called quantum physics is that these layers of energy they lay very next close to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So atoms can only exist in these layers. Now, when we have a thought or feeling, we actually make a vibration in this uh, field of energy. Mm -hmm. So that's why everybody can actually feel what what other people are, are thinking and feeling. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now th th this is this is interesting part, and because you know when we talk about physics, or at least I and I think many people they think about the sun, like you explained, and the moon, and how the earth is moving. But you say, well, this energy and these movements, we also have them in our body. The energy and the change of energy is is also inside us, and it influences us as well. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. you can say. Um... Since, since the, the energy that we actually, uh, when, when you have a thought, you know, we can measure that, that you send out an electromagnetic wave. And yeah. also when you have a feeling, you send out an electromagnetic wave. And we can tell that the frequency of that uh, wave depends on what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So, and furthermore, it's, actually, it's, always, it's also possible to measure if it's harmonic or inharmonic. So when you are in love and when you're feeling great and you feel, you know, cared about and you feel, you know, you're spending time with your best friends, the, the measurements that we can we can uh, do is actually that these waves that you're sending out have a high frequency and they are harmonic. That means they have a lot more energy. Now, when you're in fear and you're afraid of what's going to happen and you, you know, and you're stressed, you're sending out frequencies that have a lower Oh, sorry, you're sending out these quantum waves that are actually at a lower rate, lower frequency, and also they are in harmony. So, the, the, you know, when you feel stressed, it's because you also have this energy field around you that stresses you, because you make the energy field inharmonic. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, your cells are communicating with, with uh, these uh, electromagnetic waves. Now, if you if you can think of um, when we have electromagnetic uh, communication, we know that there's going to be a field around it because Hans Christian Erster, he was actually the first one to um, to see the dependence between electromagnetic communication. So he said, if there's running, there's electrical current running, you will end up with a field around you. Now we have a lot of electrical current running inside of us because that's how our cells communicate. They communicate via electromagnetic uh, waves so therefore we have a feel around us if you think about a school of fish right mm -hmm. the way they communicate is also by electromagnetic uh, waves 
So they now end up with this field around this whole school of fish. And that means that they, that's how they communicate. So they can't, they, the only way that they can navigate as a whole, these, uh, there's a lot of fish, right? They can navigate as a whole. That's because they communicate via electromagnetic waves. Okay. So if I understand well, uh, Annie, when we think something, we send out in, uh, waves in our body with a certain frequency. That's right. If we, if we think about something positive that makes us happy, we send out uh, positive vibes and higher frequency waves into our body, what makes us happy. Yeah. If we if we think more uh, in a negative way or uh, we are getting fear, um, we, that's a lower lower frequency. So we entangle ourselves. Yeah, that's that's how it. So that's that's how it works. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, the, there's a woman, Maven Ho. She actually looked into how those organisms actually evolve, and she found out that all organisms they use electromagnetic waves to communicate so all cells that's, that's one of the ways that they communicate and we know also that michael michael levin from tufts university he's been looking into what happens when we have one cell that develops to to many cells to become an organism right to become a dog or, or a tree or whatever mm. what happens is that these cells actually communicate together so it's not laid in the dna as we used to believe this information is stored elsewhere. So these cells will actually say, okay, you're going to be uh, the, the nose and you're going to be the ear and so forth. So they communicate on how to evolve to, co to become the organism that they are uh, de uh, destined for. Mm. Does that make sense? So it's actually intelligent communication. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's very interesting because I, uh, in, in your book, you explain as well about how um, at a certain moment, we were raised to believe that our genes determine who we are, yeah. but that there is a science of epigenetics that says, well, that's not completely true, maybe for uh, uh, some kind of diseases, but mainly it is about uh, this energy field and influencing and communication, and it's called epigenetics. Yeah. Can, you can you tell us a little bit more about it? Because it's very new and it's very, people don't understand it because we all have this belief, no, no, when we have the genes, it's mm. fixed. We cannot change yeah. it anymore. But that's definitely not how it is. The funny thing is that Bruce Lipton is a cell biologist. He, mm. he looked into this. He was uh, he was giving lectures in the end of the 60s in, in, in the US, and he came up with a, an experiment that he made. So he took stem cells. They're identical. They're, they mm. are really identical, right, these stem cells. He put them in three different Petri dishes, and then he fed them differently. So he f he ended up showing that he he got muscles, he got fat, and he got bone in these uh, three petri dishes, though the, the the cells were the exact same. So he found out that the environment actually signals the genes, and that's how they respond. So you know, today we know that the environment that means the environment that we give to ourselves to live in. The, the, the chemistry of our blood, including the electrical field I was talking about, that's how genes are signaled. And that means that we have an influence on how these signals actually are, are going to activate our genes. Because genes don't activate themselves. They wait for command. And you're going to give them, you're going to have an influence on how they are actually signaled. And if, if you say environment, that, we can, that the genes are influenced by the environment, 
is that is that a combination of the external environment or the way that you think and feel is it both because yeah. I, can, I, I can imagine okay if you're living in a city next to factories and you cannot move mm. how much influence can you have on your genes yeah that's right well the thing is that the the, the environment that the, the organs are living in right that they they, they get the, all the nutrition from the blood and depending on how your brain determines the environment if it sees fear or if it sees love it's going to put out you know different hormones now the good hormones that you really want to have in your blood they are actually uh, released into the blood when you feel in love and when you feel that you are with people you love to be with and you do things you love to do now if you're in stress the cortisol is going to be released and that's going to have a totally different impact on, on the body so that's why it's so important that we do things that we love to do and then we actually take care of the things that stresses us because we we're not meant to live in stress for a longer period of time yeah. because that, that actually has a uh, profound impact on the, the environment within us. Yeah, This might sound a little bit weird, but something comes up. When I was in India in, in Varanasi a long time ago, I don't know if it was so long ago, but I went to the Ganges and then, you know, the Ganges is so polluted and you see yeah. all these cows shitting that that's, uh, there is nothing living in it. And yet all the people went bathing in it and they said, well, it's healthy water. It is it is sacred water. So we believe that it can cure us. Is this how, how it works that even if you are living in an environment that is very polluted, if you believe that it helps your body and you you think yourself in, in this state of, 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 of healthiness, that it works, even yeah. if, but based on scientific, you would say, well, this is a polluted river. It's, it's actually, the, 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 the thing is that the, our perception of what mm -hmm. we're doing is actually the most important thing. Because that's the main chemicals that we are actually releasing into our body. Of course, also the stuff that we eat, the food we eat, has an impact too, because that's going to be mixed up with our blood, right? But the primary source of the environment in our blood is our perception of the world we're living in, because we are releasing hormones according to that perception. And I think there's a very interesting... Uh, back in uh, in the 90s 1990s they people came up and said well we now we're able to actually uh, uh, register all the, the human genome right yeah. so they did a human genome project and said well if you want to build a human body you want to you want to find 150,000 different genes so they started you know um, uh, registering all these genes that they were exploring in the human body and at a certain point in 2001, they came back and said, well, there's something wrong because we can only find 30,000 different genes. And they were expecting to find 150,000 different genes because the human body has approximately 150,000 different proteins. Mm -hmm. And they thought there was a one-to-one -one relation between gene and protein, but that's not how it works. So everybody was surprised because now they found out that we don't have more genes than a worm or a fly. So we're not more advanced genetically than, than mm. a world more fine. So something else had to be, you know, in control. And that's when epigenetics came up and they knew, okay, there's something different. There's something that controls the genes. And that's why it's called epigenetics because epi means, means above. Yeah, so there's something about the genes that actually signals them and, and makes them 
you know, yeah, yeah, usable. And that is according to quantum. What is above is according to quantum physics, the thought and the energy, the level of energy that is influencing, or the frequency of the energy that is influencing our our bodily state. Yeah, well, actually, you could say it's both the, uh, the the physical environment that the cells are in, so the blood, you know, the, the blood that the, yeah. the cells are living in, and it's also the electrical field around them, because the, every every cell has an antenna, and the way they communicate to each other is by, you know, getting information via these electromagnetic signals. Mm-hmm. So it'll take in information from the outside also. So the cells, as in billions of cells that are communicating all the time, and the, the primary communication, you can say, the, the quickest way to communicate is electromagnetic signals. And that's why we are so capable of taking in information from the outside, because every cell has these antennas. So I think it's a, it's a genius design, you know. It is. It is. You know, just when you think about it, something is telling your liver or your heart to beat or your liver to make it detoxing the things that you have been eating something is doing that you know and and one every cell in your liver is doing it and it's it's billions of cells so how does it work together yes it's it's amazing how it works together right it it works as a unit you know as a a one one unit and that's why i think uh, quantum physics has learned us to we have to look at the wholeness because in classical physics, they just looked at us as a robot. You know, you can take a part out, put a new part in, and then everything works again. But that's not how it works, because you're influencing the whole energy field when you when you exchange something. So you cannot work on a single piece without having it having an effect on the whole environment. Because... Uh, 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 go ahead, please, please. Yeah, the thing is, you know, when, you, when we talk about energy... If you throw two stones in the water, one after the other, the waves that are created will actually have an effect on each other. You cannot throw two stones in the water, one after the other, without the one wave affecting the other wave. Mm. Does that make sense? So we cannot take out energy in that way and say, this is isolated. No, we're part of a big uh, ocean of energy. That's why we affect each other. I love that how you to come to how how you described in your book, you know the separation one point in history where the body was considered as okay this is science, you know mm-hmm. we have uh, medical science now that can heal the body or that can uh, co- reconstruct the body or can cure the body, and then we have the belief the religion, and how these two were completely separated from each other, uh, in a way that it became. And still is actually, you know, when there's something wrong with your body, you see a doctor and that's it. And he prescribes a medicine, you know, that's Mm -hmm. while the belief and the spiritual world or the, uh, yeah, your, your, your soul and religion has nothing to do with it. It's completely separated. And with quantum physics, you, you combine it, isn't it? Because I, when I think about my body, you know, yeah, I, I know my cells. You know, my my uh, my skin cells, for instance, they're replaced. You know, every four or five days, we can tell that they a new new cells are coming, right? So mm-hmm. you know that all cells are replaced totally within seven years, even your bones. So the cells that makes up your bones, 
they're going to be, be replaced in seven years, within seven years. Mm. So that's why I see myself as the energy field around my cells because I know my cells in seven years are gone. Hopefully I'm not, but you know, the energy field is actually still going to be there. That's the energy field is going to be there for the cells to survive. That's what we know. So if I think seven years back, you know, none of the cells that I have right now was there. But the energy field was still there because otherwise the cells couldn't communicate, couldn't function as a unit. Mm -hmm. So to me, I must be the energy field around my cells. I cannot say that I'm my cells because these cells come and go. Well, th this is very interesting because that means every seven years you have a complete new body. Yeah. So that means actually, so what is there that still stays the same? And you say, well, that is the energy field. Yeah. The soul, or how would you describe yeah. it? I would actually, as I see it, you know, the, the electrical, um, you can see there's an energy flowing within us. And that yeah. needs to, to flow in order for the cells to communicate and function, right? So they need to tell each other what's going on and they need to, to, mm. uh, you know, work together, so to speak. And they do that by, by communicating via electromagnetic waves. And that's create this current, and that creates that field. So the energy field must be there on all living air organisms, because that is part of life, you know. So yeah. I see myself as this energy field. And, uh, and the way I affect the energy field is actually by my thoughts and feelings. Because when I send out an electromagnetic wave from my brain having a thought, or from my heart having a feeling that's gonna you know go into this energy field and it can either raise the frequency because i feel happy and i do what i love to do or i can be sad and sorrow you know and it lowers my frequency we can measure that we can measure the difference in frequency and whether it's harmonic or inharmonic i think that's fascinating it is and it is also um what i found very interesting as well is you describe yourself as an energy field that can be either very high or very low or something in between or but it does also your energy field or you you don't stand uh, alone in the world and that if you have are in a high higher frequency you attract uh higher frequency persons you know yeah. we all would like want to be with persons that are happy who wants to be with with um with people who are sad and depressed we don't want to be there. We want to be attracted by people who make us laugh. Who, who... How do you explain? How do we explain that if in, in terms of energy? Yeah, I think it's it's very you know important that we feel this sense of uh, harmony, right? When we meet people, mm -hmm. we can actually feel. Do I feel comfortable comfortable with this with this person? You know, I can feel a sense of harmony or not. Now. The thing is that that since everything is, is sending out these vibrations, you can actually feel whether it matches your energy, your vibration. Mm. And I think that's important. Now, yeah. I wanted to start with one example from when I went to uh, college in LA because I was uh, living with two two uh, people, two um, girls there. They were identical twins. Now, the one girl went up to Canada for uh, vacation for a week. And the other girl stayed in LA. Now, I heard that the girl who went to Canada, she actually was killed in a car accident at night. Now, when I talked to her sister who was back in LA, she told me that 
at the time of the accident, she woke up in the middle of the night and she knew something had happened to her sister. Now, how back then I was 18, I said, oh, how can that happen? But now I actually understand what's going on. Because what happens is that when the girl in Canada, she actually sends out this experience of being killed in the car accident, she sends out a vibration that her identical twin will pick up immediately because it's a vibration. So we're not talking about light or sound that's going to be transported. That takes time. A vibration is instant. So her cells is actually listening and communicating on this exact same frequency as her sister because they're identical twins, because it depends on your DNA. So she would pick up the signals from her sister and she woke up and she knew something had happened. Wow. Now that's a that's a vibration. So um so my point is that we, we actually are able to take in these information that comes from the outside. So we can feel when somebody is happy or somebody is sad, you know. And I think it's important that we are aware of. And we actually train, you know, to, to use this ability that we have. We call it the sixth sense. We mm-hmm. need to, to actually, it's kind of like going to the fitness, to the gym, right? Where you where you build up your muscles and you get a good, uh, solid, uh, strong body, right? If we actually train this way of feeling, you know, our intuition, as I call it, if we train our intuition, we will become better and better at and actually feeling, you know, what is the environment sending our information to us so we can live in synchronicity with what's going on. So I think this ability that we know we have, you know, as an ability to sense our environment is very important to make use of. I love the word when you say that we, that it is important for us to live in synchronicity um, with the energy that we have that we have inside us and and the environment uh, yeah there is one for example if i want to grow you know and i want to go to a higher kind of of energy or I, my i want to waste my energy you know uh, i don't want to i don't want to be sad or i don't want to be anger i don't want to, to be in an anger state because it's a low frequency mm-hmm. uh, but i want to uplift it how can how can one raise one's energy into a state that is more more uh, in a bliss state i would say or in, in in a state that's that's good for us and more in synchronicity of who we are yeah the thing is that that you can actually self love is actually the most important thing you can do mm-hmm. so so if you want to raise your frequency you want to emit high frequencies and you emit high frequencies when you are doing things you love, you are, you know, with people you love to be with and so forth. We can measure that when, when you have these positive thoughts and feelings, you emit higher frequency waves and that's going to raise your, your frequency. So that's why it's so important to do the things we actually love to do. Now, of course, we all, all of us need things that are not so pleasant and we need mm-hmm. to work with that, right? But my, as I see it, we just, we shouldn't just hold on to those negative thoughts and feelings. We should do what needs to be done to release them to be able to go to to proceed, right? Yeah. Well, that is not for everybody as easy. No, it's not. I, how, been, how was that? How was that for you in your life? I think it was very difficult because I, I took care of my my wife at that time. We um, she was sick for two years, so I had to take care of the two kids, our two kids, and our houses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it's a tough period, but but um, I think. When I actually found out when I started in the morning, 
with a happy thought about what I was going to do that makes me happy or what I had been done that make, made me happy, you know. I had more energy for the day, you know. So it actually helped me going through the day in a better way. So we need to um, look at the good things in life and, and let that help us through the more difficult times. Is that something that we can learn, Henning? Because sometimes I hear, well, you know, um, that people describe themselves or label themselves or others as being a pessimist or I am mm. pessimist, you know, it's, I cannot be positive all the time or yeah. you hear these, these, these definite labels um, that people put on themselves and is, is there a kind of, or it's my character, you know, mm. it's my character. I cannot change it. Yeah. But uh, I think, I think we need to change our perception because the character we are, we're actually creating a character ourselves by the voice within us. So when we change the voice, when we change the words we use about ourselves, we will actually change the what happens, what's going to happen in our lives. Because the thing is, we will only meet what resonates with us. Now let me explain that. So if you think about it, there's all kinds of vibrations and signals around you. There are different radio stations, different TV stations. All these energies are all uh, they're present all the time, right? So you can choose to, if you think about an old radio, you would turn the dial and you would, you know, find the station you want to listen to. Mm. Now you then listen to the to music on that radio station. If you change within you. You will only see the things that resonate with that. So if you find happiness within, if you find peace within, that's what you're going to meet out in the real world. Because you, everything is out there, but you will only make notice of what resonates with what is within you. So when we start with the man in the mirror, as Michael Jackson sings, that's where we can start and change things. And I think that's very intelligent. That's a genius design because we don't have to sit and wait for somebody to come and save us. We can actually start by changing our belief about ourselves. I think that's important. There, there is a sentence that 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 you use in your book, uh, connecting to this, that you attract the feelings, or a feeling stays within you if it resonates with you. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain a little bit about it when? What what it means that you have you have these impressions and these frequencies that come and go when you see things and some feelings you just say oh he's unhappy well okay it's good it passes on and sometimes something triggers uh, triggers you and you stay angry with some somebody and you stay frustrated and um, and you explain it as well that is because the outer frequency resonates with something inside of you. What yeah. does that mean? Well, that means actually we don't even need quantum physics to explain this part. We can go back to classical um, physics because it's called constructive interference. Now, constructive interference, when you think about the ocean and there's two waves coming, right? They're coming against each other. If they are in phase, it will, that will actually increase the wave. The wave will be even bigger, right? Mm. Now, if the waves are not in phase, then they will cancel out each other. Yeah. So think about it. When you have a frequency within you and you meet happiness from outside, that will actually be erased within you so you make note of it. So if I have anger within and somebody 
if somebody makes me angry, you know, and it's not uh, if he if he's not you know attacking me or anything, but if somebody makes me angry by saying something or doing something, you know, not attacking me, of course, that's a different situation. Uh, 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 uh. But then then I know that I have anger within because otherwise I wouldn't have reacted like that. It's my reaction. I own that feeling. Yeah. So I can tell him, thank you for making me angry. And I know, I now know that I hold anger within. I want to release that because I know it's bad for my chem chemical, um, you know, in my body and also my electrical field. So I can actually do things to release it. Now, next time I won't, I won't experience anger if I'm able to release it all. So if you think about Nelson Mandela or Dalai Lama, when they were actually exposed for to something that you know we would be very angry and mad, you know, mm. they, they were actually able not to send that anger further out. They kind of cancelled it. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? They didn't have anger within them. Did they cancel it, or or how does it how does it work when when you um, when you when you feel when you see that you still have anger or frustration inside of you? Well, I would rather say it's. Yeah. A bit, I think it's better to say that that these Nelson Mandela and, and Dalai yeah. Lama were able not to send it out further. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if I get angry, you know, I can make somebody else angry, and that whole thing actually escalates. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, gets angry, and that's how things sometimes escalate. But if if some of us are able not to to get angry and talk about things, then we can actually keep it down and and, and solve things in a different way. What is, according to you, the best way to uh, to not spread the anger? You know, to from the Dalai Lama, I can say, okay, he meditates and just feels mm -hmm. it too, and he is aware of what his emotions are. What, as Westerners or uh, leaders, what can we do to just be an, an observator, uh, observator mode to see what is happening inside of our body? Yeah. I think the best thing we can do is to be conscious, to be conscious of how we react. Because if we react in a way we don't want to re react like that, you know, then we can change it. We can be yeah. conscious. So if we react, you know, um, let's say that my son comes into me and I'm working and I shout at him because he shouldn't interrupt me. Then I say, ah, that's not how I want to interrupt. I mean, sorry, that's not how I want to react. I want to tell him. I'm working right now. Can you come back in five minutes instead of shouting at him? So yeah. when we start looking at patterns and find patterns within that we don't want to, you know, shall actually control our lives, we can change these patterns. And I think that's the most important thing because the funny thing is that, that a lot of these patterns are placed in us from we are, you know, in our early years from zero to seven You just take in information. Now, kids at that age are you know, brilliant at learning new stuff. So they're yeah. taking information. But the thing is, they will take every, in everything. They're not able to mm -hmm. say, okay, this is good, this is bad, I'll only keep this. They take in everything, right? So they can end up with patterns that they don't really want to live by when they get older. And that's these patterns that we need to be, we need to recognize them and then change them. Why do you think it is so difficult to change these patterns. It's, I, because it's it's easier said than done, you know? Uh, definitely, yeah. I've spent a lot of time changing my patterns and there are still patterns that I'd like to adjust. But I think the main reason is actually the way the brain function is that it says, I want to spend as uh, little energy as, as possible. 
to, mm. to conserve energy, right? So it'll see a situation and say, okay, this is how it used to be. It's always like this. He's like that, you know, and it doesn't actually go into the situation and look at it anew. Mm. So why is that? Up, I think it's because the brain is simply uh, constructed to use as, as less as, as little energy as possible. So you okay. don't we don't we don't go in and look at the situation with new eyes and 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 see okay he has changed this is not the same situation I can actually react in a different way this time. So yeah. So we need to train our brain to be uh, to be more active. Yeah, I think we need to be more conscious because if we are conscious of how we are reacting, we can actually say, ah, this is not the way I want to react. I can change that pattern. Mm. And, and you know, it's kind of like uh, talking to our subconscious because they say that we can be conscious 5% of the time and 95% of the time it's actually our subconscious that's running our lives. And that's those patterns. The subconscious can only learn by repetition. Now, when we were a kid, you know, we would get a bike and we would learn to bike. Maybe in five days we could actually bike. But the first days, it was so difficult. We had to really, really focus, you know. Yeah. But suddenly we could actually bike without thinking about it. And that's when we could start having good fun with our friends that also had a bike. Yeah. So we could talk and do all kinds of things on the bike. Because the subconscious has learned how to ride the bike. That's also learning how to drive a car. You can sit in your own thoughts and you can drive way further than you actually wanted to because you were in your own thoughts. The subconscious has been driving the car for you. Mm. So when we train our subconscious to behave and, and, and act like we really want to do, that's that's when we, when our lives can really change because then our subconscious and our conscious are actually working in the same direction. So you have got 100% of your time to go towards the goals you want to. Otherwise, you only have 5% of your time to go towards the the goals you really want consciously to achieve. Because if your subconscious is going in a different way, the, the 95% of the time, for most people, you're going to head in a different direction. Is that why it is so important to keep on learning during your whole life to keep that state of changing mind and training your brain all the time? I've, I've interviewed once a man, I think he was the vice president of the international Coca-Cola company. He learned at his, when he was 65, he learned to play piano. Wow. Yeah. And I, but how do you do that? I tried, I tried last year. It was too difficult for me, but I was, <laughs> I was not able to, I learned a lot of other things. Yeah. But how come you think that some people are able to even learn piano when they're 65? And others, they they even not want to to brush their teeth every day, even when they're sixty, or yeah. sixty five. No, what yeah. what's what's the difference? You mean? Yeah, you it, think? It's a good, I think it's it's this life energy is actually very important, and and as long as you stay curious, you know, you yeah. would actually want to learn more. You know, the funny thing is, that, you know, your body, so to speak, doesn't know age in the way that you're able to learn all through life. You know, your brain mm. has the same content. You can say it's, it's actually capable of learning as long as you give it the nutrition it needs. And it needs fat and it needs salt because salt is how electrical currents are running, that they are propagated by salt, you know. So you need to eat the right salt and you need to have the right fats. Because mainly your brain is made out of fat. Hmm. 
Oh, this is interesting. So the fat is something because you give also some advice on 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 food and and, and exercises in your book. Would you maybe to to conclude because you're almost at the end of the of of the of the podcast? We could keep on going. Uh, uh, if you would say to maintain your brain to stay in a healthy state of of mind of brain, mm. what is it that that one can do? Very easy things every day, or what is it that you would advise to the listeners? Uh, that I think they could do. Yeah, the most important thing that I that I have done is actually to make sure that I get clean water because water is so important for us, right? Mm. So clean water is by cleaning it, and actually also I I I um. I have a, a thing that rotates water to to get oxygen into it, so it actually gets a, a higher amount of oxygen within the water because that's so good for the for the body. Mm. And then Celtic salt or Himalayan salt is very important because it holds these minerals that we need. So you can't use table salt because it's been, you know, uh, treated with ammonia, so it doesn't it's not able to carry in uh, water molecules to the cells. So that's why table salt is no good for you. You need to have Celtic salt or Himalayan salt. Okay. I so, have them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very Check, good. check. Okay, third <laughs> one. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Because, you know, you, you need that salt in order for electricity to run. You yeah. know, the ions and so forth from salt is what makes things run, right? So, yeah, it's, it's important. I was not aware about the connection of the, the salt and, and the... Um... Uh, and the flow of the energy. This, this is interesting. Yeah, that's the electrical current, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, Henning, what are your plans for the future? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm, I'm I'm writing on my second book, and uh, I love to do these lectures. So I do it, you know, yeah, as often as I can. It's it's great. I love it. Well, let's hope that we see you one day in Belgium. How can people find you? Yeah, I have a homepage. It's quantity.dk. Uh, so it's, I need to send you the link. Um, but otherwise, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah. So, well, or they I can will, write me an email and I'll respond. <laughs> I will definitely put it in, uh, in the notes of this uh, podcast, uh, Henning. Thank you very, very much for being here and sharing these incredible insights and your beautiful book. Uh, thank you very much. Right. Thank you. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Studio Stain. If you want more inspiration, just go to my website studiostain.com or go to the Spotify website iTunes on Inspirational Leadership. You can also share this podcast with others who might benefit from listening to these inspirational talks. Thank you very much. Great people.